What up, yo? Welcome to the Fantasy Knockout Football Podcast. I am your host, Mark Shannon. Today is Tuesday, August 21st. Today's show is draft strategies. What's the best way to draft? Well, last night, I just had my first draft of the season. A lot of fun. I hope you tune into Facebook Live because I put it on there. And you can watch how I did. I want to hear your comments. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, what do you think of my team? I put a, uh, a post of uh, snapped a screenshot of my team and whatnot. Let me know what how you feel about that. Um, it was a lot of fun. So I've, I was asked by a friend the other day, how many leagues do you play in? And so my response to him, I think what they were getting at was they want to know how much is too much. Okay, so how many leagues is too much? I told him I play in three main leagues. Okay, that's this is what works personally for me. I got three main leagues, and I might have one or two other just for fun fluff that I, you know, I pay attention to somewhat. But I mean, when I say main leagues, those are like the three leagues I have memorized in my head. I know my team by heart, and the reason I have three is because I know if I have any more than that. I won't have time for my personal life with my kids and my wife and family and all that stuff because I can go down that rabbit hole and get so caught up into fantasy football and all that. So I put a cap on it for me. Three leagues, that's all I do. Um, No more than that. So I'm asking you guys, what's your number? What's your rule for how many leagues can you play in, you know? And my main rule for fantasy football is to have fun. You know, if you're not having fun, if you're doing it and you're feeling like it's a um, a chore, then leave some of those leagues, okay? It's all about having fun, all right? Please visit the site at fantasyknockout.com for current draft rankings. Also, feel free to ask a question on there. Uh, please leave a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. Remember, I got that review challenge going on. I get 50 reviews on all my platforms. Put you guys in a drawing to win an NFL autographed memorabilia jersey. Uh, please subscribe to the show. Make sure you get every episode. You don't want to miss out. And support the show by becoming a Patreon. That You can do that by at patreon.com slash fantasy knockout. All right, news with views. Let's jump right into it. We got running back Charles Sims from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He exited Saturday's preseason game with a left knee injury. What does that mean? Peyton Barber's going to be the guy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But, Mark, they totally drafted Ronald Jones to be the main guy. True. And Ronald Jones was an SC running back, and I am a big SC fan, and... I'm not. I'm not a Ronald Jones fan. Um, I didn't see enough from him in college to translate into the NFL. His talent is great, very electric, especially when he can get in space. But he doesn't know how to catch the ball all that great. So, it, from what I've seen this preseason, it is Peyton Barber. Scoop him up in the late rounds. He's going to be a full-time running back workhorse. You can get a great value on him. I actually got him in my league last night. Next, we got T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver of the Indianapolis Colts. He suffered a shoulder sprain at practice on Saturday, and they believe it doesn't, um, they don't believe it to be 
considered serious, so they're not worried about that. We'll just keep monitoring that and see if that um, <clears throat> aggravates or, or lingers all year long. Uh, next, we got wide receiver Josh Gordon from the Cleveland Browns. He is finally reported to Browns training camp. Thank you, Josh. You're doing everything you're supposed to. We need you get to get in there and get into game shape and start working with your quarterbacks because you got a big season ahead of you, man. Next, we got quarterback Carson Wentz from the Philadelphia Eagles. He's finally been cleared to do his 11-on-11 team drills. That's great news. Hopefully, he can show that his ACL is, is all better, and he's maybe back on for the week one, maybe possibly week two or three timetable. Uh, next, we got quarterback A.J. McCarron from Buffalo. They're saying he actually did not suffer a broken collarbone. Well, that's great. And he can return to practice soon. Uh, yay. I don't, you know, it doesn't really matter to me up there in Buffalo. <clears throat> it's going to be Josh Allen. Uh, next, we got wide receiver Cole Beasley of the Dallas Cowboys. Coach Jason Garrett expects Beasley, you know, he had a groin injury or whatever, to resume practice sometime this week. So they're not too worried about it. They think he'll be fine. And the last bit of news, we got running back Adrian Peterson. He signed a one-year contract with the Washington Redskins. Yay, good job, Adrian. It's it's always nice to have you in the league. You know, you you were a stud for so many years. I just don't I've I, I don't think you have it anymore. Uh, sorry to say that. It's it's sad because I was a big fan of yours for a long, long time. Still am. But I think this is just a uh, a depth move for Washington because. <clears throat> Darius Geis, their rookie, he got hurt. He's not going to play this year. And then uh, one of their other guys, Samaj P. Ryan, he he got dinged up. And Chris Thompson, the other running back, is not um, not going to be ready to start the season. And that just leaves Fit Rob, no longer Fat Rob, but Fit Rob to be the main guy. And I think Peterson has a chance of not even making the fifty-three man roster when it comes time for Week One. So they're just they're just bringing in a guy in and. They'll start him, and if he's got anything in this preseason week three, yeah, he needs to show it now. Um, otherwise, I, I doubt that he's going to make the team. Main event. But first, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Fantasy Knockout, and on Instagram, at Fantasy underscore Knockout. All right, we got the draft strategies, nay, draft philosophies. All right? It's not hard to draft an average fantasy team. You can just log into your draft on draft day, use the computer settings, or if you have an offline draft, print out a cheat sheet from you know one of the big big companies like an ESPN, and you'll probably walk away with an average team if you just follow the rankings and just go right in order. But you're not listening to this because you're okay with an average team. You want the best team possible. You want a top team that can hashtag dominate your league. If you want to draft a winning team, you need to nail your draft strategy. That requires insight, data analysis, and experience. But Mike, this is my first year playing and I don't know what I'm doing. That's fine. Let's get right into it. Most fantasy football champions, whether they know it or not, use the same process for honing their fantasy skills for draft day. That is draft philosophy, 
mock drafts, analyze drafts, and player research. Okay, the four keys to uh, to this. <clears throat> Here's the thing: you can start anywhere in this process. Okay, so maybe you already have some assumptions of player values and strategies. Fantastic. Then go try some mock drafts. All right. I like using Draft Wizard by Fantasy Pros. Um, I find that it's really easy, simple to use. It's uh, fun, and it doesn't require you to join a draft and wait on uh, other other people. And they can't really screw up your draft if they decide to take you know three quarterbacks their first three picks. It kind of ruins your your chances of of understanding how a draft's going to go. What's nice is you're drafting against a computer, and this computer is actually pretty smart, and it changes every time. It's not the same. They have a bunch of algorithm theories and whatnot. Anyways, it's Draft Wizard at Fantasy Pros. I like it a lot. I think it's a great tool. Um, so go do some mock drafts. Analyze your mock drafts. Look at them later. And if you don't know what you're doing, screenshot those and or type them up. Send them to me. I'll be happy to give you a draft grade, let you know where you can improve. And how you can get better at your drafting. But you got to practice drafting. Especially if you're a first-time player. You're not going to understand how the draft really works. Get out there, do it, so you get familiar with it. So when it comes time, you're not, you know, when you're on the clock trying to make your pick, you're not freaking out going, oh, no, I don't know what to do. All right? So practice some mock drafts. And continue the process with what you learn. It's a cycle of refining your draft philosophy by doing actual mock drafts okay reviewing the results researching players and using what you learn to adjust your philosophy speaking of philosophy <clears throat> a draft philosophy is a is it's different from a specific strategy okay such as like a zero running back zero running back is a draft strategy the philosophy demonstrates they hold certain values but you aren't pre-committed to use any specific strategy okay you're flexible flexibility is key so do your morning yoga all right you never know what's going to happen during your draft if you're dead set on strategy you may leave value on the table during your draft by forcing a pick you shouldn't have done despite that we need to start by reviewing different strategies so that we have a framework for discussing player values okay so first, we got value-based drafting. That's VBD. VBD is an old-school concept created by Joe Bryant at Football Guys. The summary of VBD is rank players according to their points they score above a baseline player that their position instead of their total points. For example, quarterbacks score a lot of points, but all quarterbacks score a lot of points. Therefore, the top quarterbacks have a lower VBD value than running backs or wide receivers. Let me break this down just a little bit, all right? First, let's use a 10-team league with normal positions, okay? So you got the one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, and a flex, right? That's pretty standard league. Take that top quarterback, you know, like an Aaron Rodgers, okay? His total points for the year, what he scores all 16 games, Let's say it's 300 for math purposes, right? Pretty easy number, round number. 300 points for the year. Then if you take the 10th ranked quarterback, because there's 10 teams in the league, right? The 10th ranked quarterback that year, say his total points for the year is 270. That's a difference of 30 points. 
not all that much okay then if let's look at the other positions so you take the top running back okay his total points for the year let's say is 250 points then you take the 25th ranked running back y25 because there's 10 teams and you have definitely two running back spots but then you have that flex where let's say half the teams will use a running back the other half will use a receiver in that spot so that's 25 running backs that'll be starting at all times so we'll just use that his total points are 150 okay that's a difference of 100 points the top guys 250 the 25th guys 150 difference of 100 points okay now compare the differences between the quarterback and the running back that's a difference of 70 points there that's a lot how do you make up this difference well me i don't take the top quarterback i take a late round quarterback a quarterback that's ranked in that 8, 9, 10 range because it is so close to be grabbing, you know, point-wise from the top guy. But in the running backs, if you wait on not getting a stud running back, your value just disappears the further down and the longer you wait for running back. Okay, some versions of value-based drafting is at the core of all draft strategies. The main problem with drafting strictly by VBD is nearly everyone already knows about it. Therefore, you don't have an advantage. It's been around for about 20 years. If you don't go above and beyond VBD, you're not gonna get ahead of your competition. Another strategy is the late round quarterback. I subscribe to that, I am a fan. I had no idea that it was a strategy. I was always doing this, okay? I, for some reason, I just figured it out and when I started, when I looked online, I found there was an article by J.J. Zacharyson. He's the one that kind of popularized this trend of the late-round quarterback. Smart man. So in 2012, the first round of fantasy drafts contained four quarterbacks. Okay, There are four quarterbacks won in that first, first round. Every year since then, there have been zero or one quarterback going in that top first round. Okay. The change was due to a large number of NFL quarterbacks becoming fantasy relevant. If there are about 12 quarterbacks who are all putting up great fantasy stats, then every team in the league should have a solid starter. The difference between the best and worst starting fantasy quarterback is not large, like I was telling you just before. That 30-point difference, not a big gap, okay? So you're able to wait a long time and still get a solid quarterback all right think of it like this if you take Aaron Rodgers at the top of your draft that's like owning a fancy sports car right you know just some sexy amazing car you spent a lot of money and in 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 equity into grabbing that top car right the top quarterback okay so Aaron Rodgers fancy sports car looks great Great quarterback, fantastic looking car. But if you wait on value and you take a minivan like a Mr. Walmart, Philip Rivers, yeah, it's not sexy. And frankly, it's quite ugly. But guess what? It still gets the job done because you're just trying to get from point A to point B in fantasy football. Okay, it's not about style and who's got the the hot new look and trend okay it's about just getting to the finish line getting to that championship and winning okay get the job done plus what happens if you get into an accident 
or let's say the quarterback gets injured, right? You lose having such a high draft pick in Aaron Rodgers, you lose your value right there. What do you have to do? You have to go find a replacement one. Well, the insurance company is going to give you a little beater for you to drive around. They're not going to give you a brand new sports car, right? But if you had a minivan and you crash that, there's a bunch of other minivans out there, right? Another Matt, Matt Stafford, pick him up, you know? There's a bunch of other guys out there that you can pick up and use if your stud or if your quarterback goes down. There's other guys, similar values, that can get you to point B, okay? All right, so we got zero running back strategy. Zero running back is a strategy of not drafting a running back in the early rounds. Instead, draft many in the later rounds, okay? Take it to its extreme. It can be very risky. Yes, you'll end up with some stud-wide receivers, but you're gambling on several high-risk running backs later in the draft. Also, keep in mind that zero running back is also much more of a strategy for full PPR leagues than non-PPR or standard leagues. I don't recommend the zero running back strategy. It kind of came popular uh, a couple years back. You know, somebody was just trying to to zag when everyone else was was zinging, and um, it, it's it's one out there. I just I'm I'm not a fan of it. Take your stud running backs. You know, they're just so hard to replace later on, and you have to literally hit a jackpot on multiple running backs later on in the draft for that zero RB strategy to work. The chances of that are very, very risky. So my personal strategy is to take the accumulation of all these strategies, right, and form an overarching philosophy that's a hybrid of them all. For example, I'm a very firm believer in late round quarterback, but it also has to be taken in context, particular draft. If everyone in your draft is also drafting a late round strategy, if Aaron Rodgers drops to the fourth round, third round, take him because that value is there. That's when you should take him. When I say late round and you get, you know, I'm only, I'm only going to take a late round quarterback, and these guys are falling in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round, and there's value there to, to be had, take them. That's that's the part about being flexible. You know, go to go to your yoga class, be flexible. Don't get locked into one strategy. But, you, you know, use that as a guide, so to say. All right? Draft positions, considerations. Nothing impacts your draft more than the draft spot you pick from. Okay? That is another reason why you need to be flexible, especially if you don't know your draft spot until just before the draft starts. To be fully prepared, you need to be doing mock drafts from many different positions. So, drafting that first part of the draft, a first, second, third spot, and then do some in the middle at the fifth, sixth, seventh spot, and then do some at the end at 9, 10, 11, or, or 12, if you, depending on your league size, okay? Get familiar where, because your teams are going to look different depending on the spot you, you draft in, and then you'll kind of find um, which spot you like, and so if your league, like I have one league where we get to choose where we, where we draft from okay so we have an order of of the order and we pick our spots so i had the first choice this year i chose number one because i have not cho- i have not drafted that number one spot in many many years i usually choose the fourth fifth sixth draft spot because i'm more comfortable in that mid round or mid middle part of the 
draft than I am on the ends. It's just a personal preference of mine. So lastly, you must know your league settings well in advance to your draft day. Okay, this is huge because if you're on the mindset of you're in a normal standard league where you don't get bonus points or, or extra points for players who catch the ball and your league's a PPR league, you're taking the wrong guys. you got to know your league, okay? Is it a PPR league? Is it a half PPR? Is it a standard league? Do you only start one quarterback? Is it a super flex where you can start any other position you want in that flex spot, like another quarterback? Is it a two-quarterback league, all right? How many flex positions do you have? Because that also changes how many wide receivers and running backs you need to take. Is there a tight end bonus? All right, make sure you know these details and adjust your strategy appropriately. Finally, you need to be aware of the pros and cons of every strategy. And try them all out with a mock draft. Okay, that's why we practice. Because you want to try that zero running back? Hop on a mock draft, do it. And then if your team is awesome, maybe look for that. If it's a crap team, like it probably will be, then you know. That's not a strategy for you, all right? Generate your own hybrid strategy. An innate understanding of how one pick will impact the rest of your draft. Okay? There are pros and cons to late-round quarterback and zero running back strategies, within reason in most drafts. But you need to take those strategies and build your own gut feeling of when to stick with them and when to pivot. Then take those gut feelings and go practice, practice, practice. That's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, We got the next show is on draft do's and don'ts. So what to do and what not to do. Some of those are going to be pretty interesting and funny. I want to say thank you for listening to the show. Please visit the site at fantasyknockout.com. Also follow the show on Twitter at fantasyknockout and on Instagram at fantasy underscore knockout. All right. Until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.